Hey everybody and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if you're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. Throughout the course of this show, I'll share with you the process I used to start our company so you too can be on your way to starting your very own company and fulfilling your own true potential. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me is David Hilton. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. I had a question sent to me the other day on Facebook. Yeah? What is with your really weird girly bracelets? That I'm wearing. I got them on again today. My daughter made me these. Okay. Huh. So I wear them with pride. Yeah. Nice. So that's the answer to that question for the, actually it's been like four or five it's, people that have sent It's me. a little Gerard Butler stuff going on in Law Abiding Citizen. That's what that yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it's not <laughs> intentional. She makes them. Yeah. I, I told her, I said, one day I'm going to, you know, sell those on the show for, and like you donate, ain't selling the, those. donate the money to charity. Don't even act like you're going to donate sell the money to charity or something someday. Yeah. Not these, but like one she made you, you wait, Marcus back there. He's got a daughter that's about at the yes. bracelet making stage. That's a good idea. I might pass it on to her. You yeah. know what's in my hallway? What's that? Rubber bands, millions and millions of everywhere. colored rubber bands everywhere, man. Really? Yeah. Just everywhere. <laughs> she just, she's got this whole case, you know, and she's just, she enjoys it too. I oh, know. she loves it, man. Mm-hmm. She tells me if I forget <laughs> them, she's like, Hey dad, where's your bracelets? Yeah. Like, oh, they're on my nightstand. I'll go get them. Better go get them. I wear them with yeah. pride. Sometimes I forget. So know? I still got Lego mm-hmm. creations that my kids have created in our bedroom, and I've got like their drawings from four or five years ago still taped on the wall. Oh, yeah. So, dude, our fridge, Janine keeps a whole file. It's just yeah. her drawings. Just See, keeps them. It gets oh, like, there's a lot. With I know. a three year old, it gets dude, hectic, man. So you, oh, to, like, you can't keep it all. Like the, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't keep it all. You can't. You, <laughs> you gotta get overloaded. Get, you got to get rid of some stuff. But, yeah. anyways, that's that's the bracelet. All right, guys, so we've got a a new flavor of show for you today. Um, It's kind of an off-the-cuff thing a little bit. Basically, we, when we started coming up with this show, we started coming up with a bunch of rando, like, show topic ideas or things we could discuss or whatever, and we put them all on this big, giant list. So what we're going to do today is we are going to have Marcus surprise Dave and I with a couple of random things off the list like dave and mm-hmm. i know what kind of topics are on the list but we've never but they don't f- know which one it is well we don't know which one you're going to talk about and right. or which one you're going to ask us about and we've never really fleshed out these topics or anything it's literally like oh we should do a show on this or we should yeah. talk Improv, about this one day and, and first off some late night drinking sometimes i'll get on there like and i'll just, oh yeah i'll just oh hey and i'll type it on there so we have, I'm not 100% sure any of them are good. This list is or, on a shared Google Drive between of, the three of us. Or so of what they all are. We've added to this list at any I hour guarantee, of the evening. I guarantee there are some that are completely ridiculous. Right. Not. Right. I'm not trying to set anything up. I just, I mean, there's no freaking telling. There's some either. good ideas that come in at about midnight after a couple of drinks. They're not good. I see some pretty good ones. <laughs> there's some okay ones, and then there's... I see some pretty good ones. There's some pretty shit ones. Marcus is on some pretty good okay, ones. Okay, Marcus. So, all right, let's... Hold on real quick. As... As always, everything that we talk about on this show is going to is going to tie back to our six core adversities mm-hmm. that you'll need to overcome if you want to start a successful company. So, we'll Dave, go over them. No, you go over them. You want me to go over them this time? Hey, right. you you told me we were doing improv show. I always right. do them today. You're doing it. them. All right. That's so, nice. the the back six up, flip it and reverse it. Is First off, I love Mary J. Blige. She's, yeah. I think she's great. So, I thought that was Missy Elliott. No. That has is it? That, that's Am Missy I messed Elliott. up? I think what did I Elliott. say? Mary J. Blige. Oh, oh okay. yeah. I think I did. I'm not going to act like I know who sings it. I think he's right. Yep. Yeah. He's right. So, our core adversities. We got My, six of them. They're broken into... Right, I could have did the same thing. No worries. Um, yeah, I don't... Dude, I mess stuff up like that all the time. We still on... Uh, all right, you guys... No, go, we, no, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All right. So, we got our core adversities broken into two steps. Uh, or, or two sections. You've got the preparation adversities, and then you've got the beginning adversities. And so the preparation adversities are adversities that you want to overcome before you start your business. And then the beginning adversities are adversities that you're going to want to overcome very soon after you started your business. So the preparation adversities are, are uh, personal finance preparation, um, business finance preparation, and systems preparation. Um, the beginning adversities, so these are soon after you've started, is uh, going to be community involvement work, 
um, and, and <clears throat> finding ways to get involved in your community. Um, the next one is wake up, do work, and repeat, or as the young kids call it today, hustle and grind. Or, you know what I hate worse than that is, is when they say adulting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, it drives me insane. I'm yeah. adulting today. No, you're not. You're just right. be an adult. Right. Stop jackassing around, right. okay? And then the, <laughs> the last one is evaluate performance, make adjustments, and improve. So um, you're, you're constantly in a perpetual state of that. That one never, ever goes away in your business, ever. So um, as we're being surprised with whatever topics Marcus is going to throw at us today, <laughs> we'll probably be able to tie him back to some of those adversities. Uh, so we're going to see what happens. We're going to, we're going to find out what happens here. So Marcus topic number one, throw us some okay. topics, how to handle bad reviews, even when it's not your fault. Do you want to go, go first, first or do you want me to go no, first? Go ahead. All right. So go ahead. Let's see what you got. First off, I got to stretch before I do this. When you say, ah, I, oh, I think I wrote mm, that. Mm. So, <clears throat> currently at this moment with our company, let's we don't have any bad reviews. Pride cometh before the fall, Mitch. <laughs> right? It's gonna happen. Okay. I know I it's mean, gonna happen. What are you doing? But he as likes of to right keep now, his record prestige. Yeah. As of right now, we were the only company in the Kansas City area with a perfect 5.0 rating. I need on like Google. a soundboard rocket. So that that won't last long. I'm. I mean, it's been 18 or 19 months. We're well over 300 reviews. I think I've right said now, this but before, but if you can see Mitch's head swelling <laughs> on the camera, then you know something is going wrong. But let's get real here. <laughs> I have worked and managed uh, departments in the past where there were plenty of bad reviews coming in, and I'm very, very familiar with how to handle them. So, did you handle them personally, or did was there a part in a, someone so in the business that handled them? Both. Uh, one of the companies had so many upset customers calling in that they <laughs> that's not good. And I, I'm not shitting you. They literally hired a person and paid them an annual salary just to handle upset customers. Okay, what they do? I'm interested. What did they do? What was their? Well, what, how did they do that? So. Let's go twofold with this. One is let's talk about how they handled it, and then two, let's talk about how they could have prevented that whole thing That's in the get-go, right? So start out, how did they do it? What was so their job? you would have somebody write a very honest review, and they would uh, uh, basically divulge a lot of bad information about the company, right? That they were taken advantage of, or they felt like they were sold something they didn't need, or the technician that was out there was untrained, or whatever. And... Half the time, the customer may have been right, okay, at this particular company. Well, what the company would do is privately... I am under the assumption that every time there's a bad review, not every time, 90%, it's usually true. Right, right. Now, is the is the customer embellishing a little bit to try to grab Maybe some sometimes. more reaction? Probably. Maybe sometimes. But... So the, what the company would do is they would reach out to the customer and ask them, you know, hey, I understand you did not have a five-star experience. What can I do to turn your experience around? Or what can I do to make your experience a five-star experience? Now you're saying that was whether it was a one-star or a four or a, or four, a three. Or actually, maybe they, they did anything they wouldn't three even, and under. They wouldn't even leave. Like a four was good for them. They were okay. like, we'll take a four. So anything three and under, it popped on the radar. Right. And so then they would start this long process of back and forth. And ultimately, it would result in the company refunding the customer a substantial amount of money a in exchange for the customer. Or all. Or more than all. Oh, uh, all plus. All plus, right? Uh, in order to get the review removed, right? So that is not the right way to handle it. That's just how that company handled it. So um, in our company, we do everything we can to ensure that every customer gets a five star experience. Well, of course. And so. But it now. I understand that. No, but I'm devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. If you've got 50 employees, it's impossible. It can be. It's it, impossible. It can be. It very well can be. So, um, what's the right? I'm not talking about your company. What is the right way for a company to do that? Because you brought it up. That yep, yep, is yep. a big company. So, the right way to do it is to not take the adage of "Don't take this the wrong way." There's oh, a I'm lot. Of, there's a lot of companies out there that take the adage of, "Oh, it's impossible. It's just going to happen, and it is what it is." No, no. What you got to do is you got to do everything you can to ensure that your technicians are delivering a five star experience. And when a five star experience isn't given, and you get that in the form of a of a review, take it seriously, and go on and and investigate it and figure it out. 
there is some truth to the fact that yes, you can't make everybody happy. However, for like, we're, we're at like 325 reviews right now. Right. And I, again, now I'm being real. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. 325, never so <clears throat> much as even a four star. Okay. And if a four star or anything like that comes in, I'm reaching out to them and I'm saying, Hey, I understand you didn't have a perfect experience. What did, where did we drop the ball? What can we do to change? I'm not, I'm not asking, I'm not buying their review. I'm not buying them to remove their review. I'm seriously looking into where did we drop the ball? Because our process is built in a way that a customer gets a five-star experience. And if they don't, we need to look into why. What can we do differently? Right, right. So um, at that previous company that I was mentioning. Which is beginning set, step six. <clears throat> evaluate performance. Evaluate performance, make adjustments, and improve, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, at that other company. So don't take it as it's always a bad thing. It may actually be. It's a bad thing because you don't want your customers to experience that. But it's a it's a good thing in the fact that y- you have some room to grow. Or yeah. it is an, a teaching opportunity for one of your employees. Right, right. And so uh, at that other company, they literally set budgeted money aside every month for customer refunds. Yeah. And that's a that's extreme. An extreme situation. It's so it's it's very extreme. Yeah. And and so like so much so that they would get nervous if you didn't hit your budget in that <clears throat> department. They, really? they, yeah, they would come to me and they, they were, were like, afraid that you weren't doing. You've your only job. refunded half the money we budgeted for refunds. Like, is <laughs> is this going to cause a shitstorm for us? Uh, no, maybe we just did a little bit better in the customer service department, right? So, um, there there are companies literally that go out there operating under the understanding that we're going to piss some people off, and it just is what it is. So if you had if you had a four star <clears throat> right now, so well, you, you you were getting into that, you call them personally. Real, you would call them personally. True life story. Two days ago, we had a four star show up, right? And it's from a customer that I know absolutely loves us, absolutely like loves us to death. Accidentally hit it or something. Well, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way she gave us a four star. Like, I know this lady just loves us to death. So I, she she communicates to us through our business messenger on Facebook. And so I jumped back on our business messenger and I said, Hey, I'm just following up on our service call today. Did, how did everything go? And she's, Oh, it's amazing. It's great. Just, just as always, you guys did amazing. I said, Oh, that's great. I love to hear it. And, and I'm, I'm you know, glad that I followed up with you. I noticed that you gave us a four star review on Google. Did, is that, is that real or do we have some improvement that we need to make? And she says, no, no, that's, that's, uh, that, that's wrong. That, that shouldn't be, I meant to hit five stars. I must yeah. have hit the wrong button. And and so then she was like apologetic. Like, how do I fix it? Can I fix it? Can I change it? And, I, you know, before I could even get to like tell her how to change it, she says, oh, I've already changed it. And, and she changed it to a five and everything. So it was just accidental. However, my approach with that would be the same as it would with anybody of following up, checking on your experience, and then asking, you know, where do we have room to improve? Okay, so, I'm, and I'm going to keep pushing you on this because yep. I find it very interesting. Yeah. Say you get a three and you call them and she says, hey, your tech, um, this is a just an example, mm-hmm. your tech tracked mud in the house Yep. and didn't clean it up. Yep. What do you say to her? Well, for one, we're getting our carpets professionally cleaned. I like it. Obviously. Okay. So, so you, you're, or, or say it's not, say you go over there and inspect it. Do you, would that be something you would say, Hey, can I come over and look at it in this day and age? And if it's okay with you, I'm only coming over so that I know whether or not to call the carpet guy. Yeah. No, no. Like I would, we, we, so in, in cases like that, I'll be very upfront with the customer and be like, Oh, if we got mud in your car, like mud on your carpets, you don't even like act like you're kind of wondering, should I send a carpet cleaner or not? Right. You just go straight to, I'm let, me, sending them let me call a carpet cleaning company. Do you have one you like, or should I call one that I know? Love that answer. And again, you're not going to send your guy if they have mm-hmm. one they're in love with. So, um, and, and then you're going to, you're going to do everything that you can to make it right. And typically when you do have a customer that you, that has legitimately fallen through the cracks, 
and had a less than perfect experience. And that's what mo- that's where I'm going with this. Yeah, is I'm I'm pushing you because customers do fall through the cracks, yep. and it's not because the guys aren't trained. Yeah, sometimes it's sometimes, unintentional. Sometimes things happen. Yep. One more example. You've pretty much well, answered that. Hold on, let me you finish, finish. Let me okay. finish that one. So, um, when you do have that customer that falls through the cracks and everything else, it's not. This is where people a lot of people go wrong is they go in wanting to do the minimum that they can to try to achieve the result. But what they don't understand is if a customer felt in a position to give you a less than perfect rating, that's a customer that wants to be a passionate advocate for your business. They just had, they were honest and they had a less than perfect experience. So a lot of times, if you spend a little bit of time with that customer and truly care about, you know, I don't want to say throw caution to the wind and throw the finances out the window, but you do what it takes to make it right for that customer, they will all of a sudden turn their low review into a five-star review, and now they're going to be a promoter for your company because... That's an advertisement. Right, because we're all allowed to make mistakes. The true judge of a company or a person's character is how they handle their mistakes when they made one. Finally, so I was waiting for you to give that type of answer, and right. I was like, I didn't want to push you to it. Right, right. But right. I knew if I, I listen, I had like three more examples I was going to make you answer, <laughs> but it only it only took a couple. So yeah. good, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. That's um, that's a hundred percent. That's exactly what you said. There is exactly what you should do. Right. The um, and if you do that, <clears throat> if you do that, you get a customer for life. Right. They've changed their review, and you have added another aspect of your company right to another aspect to your company right you know what i mean because they're now that if, if so if someone and a lot of people do this before they'll hire somebody if they don't have word of mouth confirmation that you're good they will read your reviews mm-hmm. well guess where that review is going if you have the opportunity to post that somewhere right that review is going at the top right and that can change someone's mind yeah yeah they uh um the, the former company that i worked at they just like understood that yeah we're going to get a lot of bad reviews because they were like very very profit driven and so they would sell customers things that they didn't need and they would um they would inflate the price of repairs if the option to do so was there and and all of this stuff and so they just understood that yeah some people are going to write us a bad review and it just is what it is that's just non-ethical behavior if yeah you know what i mean if if you're going to do that right right profitable not ethical. Yeah, Dave. exactly. And let me just one Go more ahead. part. So if <clears throat> I completely lost what I was going to say, no, go ahead. Nope. Uh, um, cut them off. I know, mess, messed me up. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> right, <laughs> real life. But ultimately, to summarize that, since we kind of went over a bunch, take their review seriously. Call them up, and or, or I don't want to say call. Communicate to them on the messaging or communication platform that they originally came to you on. So, like the one accidental four star that we got was on. She there. she's never once we've never talked to her on the phone. She messages us for every call, and so I went back to the messaging platform that she was comfortable with and communicated to her for that. So, um, but then you do whatever it takes to make it right. We're plumbers. If if uh, if a HVAC guy makes a mistake, then somebody's house is hot when it should be cold, or it's cold when it should be hot, right? If an electrician makes a mistake, a breaker isn't working or a light's not working, right? In this day and age, very seldom are electricians going to cause house fires today. Um, plumbers, on the other hand, when plumbers make mistakes, it's usually a wet mess, hmm. right? And so... Um, yeah, there could be some serious money involved. There's some serious money. Especially if it's hardwood floor. Right. Um, and so, um, you, you gotta, there's, there's guys that'll be like, oh, well, let me, let me bring a fan over from the shop and dry that up for you. If I screwed up or something like, no, no, call in the professional that's going to give them the peace of mind that they truly got taken care of. Yeah. So I remember what my thought was. Yep. What you said at the very beginning of that was I try to train the guys. That's what it comes down to. 90% of them, if you're training them to do the right thing, you won't have those issues. Right. That's what I wanted to bring up. Right. Then I lost my train of thought. Yeah. But yeah, so training, preparing the guys, hey, sitting down and having a meeting about, hey, guys, when these people put a three on here, I'm calling them. Mm-hmm. And if it's something you did, I'm coming down on you. And, and okay? that- So we, I am, I'm trying to prepare you men or women right. 
to make the right decisions and be the best that you can be when you're out there. Yeah. And that's the culture that you want to try to breed in your company. That's why yeah. I, that's when I first, when I first met Mitch, he was telling me about that. And, uh, I was, I was telling him that that's the importance of their guys actually buying in to what you have, the right. passion. They need to embody the passion that you have. Right. Yeah. Right. And a lot of things go into that training, taking care of your guys, hiring, good pay, hiring. Like yeah. we, we, we said, beat a, those things to death. And we the, said on the a, first yeah. episodes, yeah. but right, you know, yeah. we said that on a previous episode. I can't teach a guy to give a shit, but I can teach him how to plumb. Right. And so if I if I hire a guy with heart and that cares, yeah, I can teach him about anything. And so when I'm interviewing people, I'm interviewing them for their heart and for their passion. And and if their skills are a little low, I can I can deal with that. Yeah. Um. But another real life example we traded in all of our vehicles recently to a local dealer here in town and got newer vehicles that were bigger and taller and, and gave us more room ironically one of the guys i know bought one of our old vehicles from that dealer oh really yeah he messaged me actually it was actually a conversation on facebook with one messenger but anyway um he said hey we, we pay, actually picked up one of your old vehicles and i'm like oh cool you know and he said, whatever you're doing, you're hiring the right guys because this vehicle was like in the best condition we've ever seen for what a plumber's van would look like. Right. It's not right? beat all to hell. Right. And and so I that, like to hit him with a hammer, that, you know, just give you a nice little cherry on one side. That heart that we're hiring <laughs> carries all the way through to the condition that they keep their vehicles in. Yeah. How well they keep them organized and yeah. everything else. So you're gonna see guy you're gonna see a guy's ability to have heart and caring and yeah. compassion. Long before they even see a customer. Yeah. Culture of the company is a big thing. Yeah. Very it's important. huge. It's Which huge. leads to my next topic, unless you have. No, you go have ahead. Let's go. The next one. Marcus, next <clears throat> question. Fire away, dog. Finding good workers, keeping them around. I think I wrote this one too. Finding good workers. Do you want me to switch up and give you a, 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 a Mitch, Mitch one? No. No, I, no, no, no. I think that's a great segue for that. Right. No, it's first off, finding good workers is extremely difficult. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to take it from you're on your own and you're hiring your first guy. Number 1 is call the guys that you already know. Okay? I'm going to give a couple different answers. Mm-hmm. If you know guys of heart that are at you're not poaching them, right. if you're calling them all and you're asking them, "Hey, you happy? Everything going good?" "Yeah, man, everything's great. Love it." You know, don't push them. Right. Call the next guy. "Yeah, man, I I, I don't know. It's okay. You know, I've been been thinking about leaving. Hey, bud, you know I've been on my own, right? Yeah, I'm looking. Right there, you automatically have a candidate you trust yep. that you know, okay? That's a great way to start. Say you've hired three guys and you're looking for guys. What do you do? You, first thing you do is you ask the guys that already work for you if they know guys that are unhappy. Right. Okay. You've already it sounds familiar. You've already pre-vetted those guys right. by doing that. Okay? Same thing. If you have a few guys, hey, I know a couple guys that are already on my list that I've, you know, had my eye on. I used to work for them 10 years ago at I don't want to say anybody. <clears throat> you know, Pedro's Plumbing or yeah. whatever. I call those guys. Hey man, you happy everything going good? Can we get lunch? You go to lunch with those guys, okay? Now, and I'm talking from a small business perspective. I'm not talking about a big company that's got 50 guys already. Right. You know what I mean? You've right. pre-vetted those guys. You already know their character. You already know their heart. Their work ethics. Yeah. And all that you stuff, already right? know what what they expect from a good employer. Right. And you've basically done half the work right out of the gate. Yep. What about someone who doesn't have that? That. Uh, well, first off, if you're if you're if you're coming from a plumbing organ, anyone that's starting a, I'm just I keep saying plumbing because Mitch is a plumber, HVAC guy. If I'm starting an HVAC company, I've already worked at some, so that's it, okay. You know what I mean? That's yeah. almost a. I don't mean to say void question, but you've got guys. You yeah. know, you know people. Okay, and I mean you're you're out there reaching out. You know guys you've worked with. You know well, who's I mean, good. You know I, who's bad. When I asked that, I was meaning like what happened. If all the guys that if none you call, of them if none like, of them if I'm none happy, of them man. pan I, I out, wanna stay, I want to stay here. I'm happy. Yeah, you've called. I don't know. What do you do, Mitch? You. Yeah, I'm asking you a question. What so, do you do? That's <laughs> this is that's this what is I, an that's, area that's what I do. Yeah, I and I am hoping. I think that's a wise approach. Yep. 
I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give you a personal story that happened to me today. I okay. didn't think I was going to tell you guys this. Someone that I used to work for, okay, that I know has hired no one in a very long time calls me today and says, hey, you want to have lunch today? Okay. I go have lunch with him. He's been looking literally for eight months to find someone. For eight months? That can do a lot of different things. Okay. Yeah. not I'm not talking about he's just needs a plumber just he needs somebody that does a lot of different things yeah well i fit that mold yeah you know what he's doing the same thing that i just said mm-hmm. he's calling everyone that's ever worked for him uh, everyone that has that skill set and yeah. he's going through that process of trying to find someone to fit his specific standards for what he needs you know what i mean yeah. no i did not take the job <laughs> right but you know i still you know, I respect it. Most people, when you call them, even even if you're even if they're not interested, they will still sit down with you. And when you, I gave him the name of a couple of other guys. Yeah. You know that I know and that I trust. So this you're is, saying it's a it's a high chance you're going to find someone. It is a high that, chance you're going to find somebody. It, it, now, if you're looking for six, good, good luck. luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And especially now, listen. When when I first started out, you could get guys. <clears throat> And this is just kind of a thing of the times, really. If you needed three plumbers, I've said this before. I got Mitch's first plumbing job. We worked together. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was hire and fire. Yeah. They, they would get rid of three guys and bring three guys in that didn't know nothing. Okay? Because guys wanted to work. You know? I mean, you had to have a job. That's just what people did. And you would just filter those guys out on the job. It, it's not like that anymore. You know what I mean? It just it just doesn't work like that. Mm. Now guys have to have someone that they can plug directly in that's going to get the job that's going to get the job done or just needs a minimal amount of training. Yeah. But like I was saying, you know, I didn't take the job and you know, obviously he respected that and I gave him the number and names of a couple other guys. Two guys. Yeah. I won't say who they are, but hey, reach out to these guys. Yeah. Now, if those guys can't work out, I'm sure they know a couple of guys that they would, right. you know, feel good about giving the information to. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of a long-winded answer for that, but yep. I mean, what do you do, like Marcus says, if you fi- can't literally can't find anybody, what do you do? All right. So, we. What do you do? What have you done? I know that your first two guys. My first. You knew you got those guys basically saying what I was thing, saying. Yeah. Well, kind of the same. It was still a struggle, though. So Of course it's when, a struggle. When you're going from you being the only guy to adding one, it's hard for to get people to, to come on board, right? Because they, they, all they're going is off of you, and you could be selling them a line of bullshit, right? You own the company. You're trying to hire somebody. And, and that's the thing of if you, if you call people you know right, and right. they do trust you, that yeah. automatically gives you a little bit of a leg up. It, it gives you there. some buy-in, right? Yeah. So um, first of all, and you got to go way back on this. Let's say you haven't started your company yet, or even if you have, this takes some time. Go put yourself back into working for somebody else. First off, I love this like ambush show that we have. Oh, I love it. This this is fun. So, pick (laughs) Marcus back there eating Pringles. Just you know, you're pouring the makers, drinking whiskey, and having Uh, some beers, and um, telling the bullshit that's actually happened. So. Put yourself back into a, an environment where you were working for somebody else. What did that employer do that everyone hated? Hired guys you had to train. That's what I hated. It's a, I mean, it's an open-ended question, right? Yeah, it is. There's a identify, answers. Identify what that is and fix it with your company. Fix it before you've ever hired anybody, or if you've already hired people, put a plan in place to fix that, so whatever what it you is. Want it, in a sense. Not, I mean, you can't let the inmates run the prison, but at the same token, like I had said on a former show, man, the inmates are almost running the prison now. Well, on, <laughs> I had know? said on a, Not, on, I don't mean you, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. workforce. Yeah, uh, I had said on a former show that um, Mark is making a million dollars a year. The, We're not even sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the one of the guys I recently hired, the company that they worked for had a had a policy in place where they got a point system mm-hmm. for basically how many minutes they arrived behind the promised time to a customer's house. Right. Well, that's such a that's such a bullshit rule to have, right? Instead of promising a customer will be there by 10, you tell them we'll be there between 10 and 1030. 
or 10 and t- 10 and 11, right? Yeah. Give them, give, give, give some workable, realistic things for real life to happen. Well, we're right? not saying the direct TV noon to four. Right, right, We're right. saying realistic. Realistic, 15, right? So, half hour, a half hour is realistic. Right, right. But as far as it comes to like hiring the person, these people would get points if they showed up a minute late. I mean, they were so freaking particular with it. What's the best way to piss your employee off? Oh, you showed up one minute late. Micromanage them, right? That's totally forget about, about what you did yesterday. How either. how late you worked the nights before, or anything like. There's never a policy that removes points. Yeah, it's only a policy that adds points, right? What they do, they had to go in the office and uh, like, who do knows? push-ups. Who <laughs> knows? But but what I'm saying is that that's such a BS thing that comes on there that you don't have you don't have anything that you can work with. So yeah. fix that, right? Whatever that is, and then. Um, once you have those things that everybody hates corrected and you have a plan in place for how your business is going to run different, then grow at a rate that your team can handle, not at a rate that your marketing budget can handle. I see this problem all the time where businesses dump a whole lot of money into marketing and they're not ready for all the calls that come in from that marketing. Well, then they're flooded with calls, and all they see, they don't see all the work that they have coming in. They see the work they're losing because they marketed more than their team can handle. Yeah. Okay? So then they rapidly hire everybody that they can, and they're they're sending people out into the workforce that aren't quite trained, and they're not quite ready. And, and your they reviews don't, are bad. And then your reviews are, well, yeah, that's what that's the end case, right? But then, you know, they don't quite blend with the team. They're not the right quite personality and everything else, and the culture takes a dive because they spent too much money on marketing or marketing was too effective. Yeah. So <clears throat> gets back to training and culture. Grow at a rate your team can handle, not that your marketing can handle. That's number two. And then number three is let your people fuck up. And I cannot stress that enough. So many people get so pissed off when, when their people make a mistake. Oh, my guy made a mistake. He flooded this customer's house. I'm firing him. I'm writing him up. He does that again. He's gone, right? Well, you don't want to know how I became a really freaking awesome plumber. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. That's how I got, not in my life, but like my plumbing life, my career. I've put pipes together wrong. I've flooded houses. I've done that stuff before. And if you're a hair cutter, you're going to cut somebody's hair wrong. If you're a lawnmower, it's usually a color thing when it's in the hairdresser. Man, it comes out a little, yeah, a little. Or, uh, or you burn their hair off pink instead of red. Yeah, oh right? shit! <laughs> so, or or if you're a landscaper and you accidentally take the weed eater and you know trim off her prized azaleas or some whatever the case may yeah. be, right? We learn from making mistakes. So if you have an employee that's recently made a mistake and you handle that correctly you now have a better employee after that's over. Opposed to hiring someone new who's going to potentially make the same mistake. You hire somebody, okay, you're gone, you fire them, and now you go hire somebody new, and you just just hired somebody that's ready to go make those same mistakes again, right? Or even more. And that's an answer to the the second part of the question, how do you keep those That's how you keep people, right? right? Not hiring, but keeping. The mistakes cannot be malicious with intent, and they cannot, they, they have to, so... When our guys make a mistake, it's 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 a on it like if you make a mistake and you stay on the team, right? It's an honest mistake, and and it's it's one that it was like it was either truly accidental or it was a mistake that was made in the best interest of the company or the customer, uh, a company and the customer. Well, so, sometimes things just happen too. Sometimes yeah. things just happen. Hey right? man, I was putting those stops on. Let and, me and uh, I complete. I, I thought I tightened the hot and cold, and yep. I didn't get the hot tight all the way. And man, that thing shot off of there. Yeah, that's like a workmanship mistake. Yeah. Let me, let me give you another example. That's just an that's an accident. So so the 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 thing that we were talking about before, where now one it, of the guys that now I if hired, it happens every house he goes to, now you got a question. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you got a problem. No, like um, the guy. I talked about it in our previous episode where they had a the, the previous company had a policy in place where if you drove away from a customer's house. Without clocking out of the job, yeah, a couple you were episodes dinged, right? ago, I think we talked about it. Yeah, and so um, that is a that's a discussion you could have with the guy, right? It's not a mistake. He he did that with intent because it was in the best interest of the customer. The customer doesn't want to see you leave their house and then park in front of their house for fifteen minutes, right? Yeah. So he pulled down the street, went around the corner, went to a gas station, and his work wrote him up because he went to a gas station while clocked in on the job. When 
he could have just stayed clocked in on the job, creeped the customer out because he was sitting in front of their house for another 15 minutes. The same end result happened, only he was thinking ahead and thinking in benefit of the customer and drove out of their view. A real life thing that happened in our company like a month and a half ago. We have a policy where we always go over all repair pricing before any work is ever done so that there are no surprises. The customer knows exactly what they're getting and they know exactly what they're going to pay for it before any work is done. We were in a customer's house to do some work. When you say we, you or your Our company. Okay. Our company. And this is a very fancy house on the lake. It's got like six bathrooms. Okay. Um, and, and the guy is very busy, professional. He didn't have time to meet us there. His wife met us there. And, and I, I mean this with the best that I can mean it. The wife was clueless about anything that goes on in the house. Okay. He takes care of it. He, he takes care of that. The, the wife just, it, whatever goes on in there, she's just clueless, yeah, right? That's so just you their can't, relationship. Yeah. You no cannot communicate home repairs to the wife. She's going to mix it all up. She's not going to relate it to the husband very well, whatever. We cleared a list of repairs to do with the customer. He became busy and was tied up in meetings for hours. Mm. These repairs had to do with him either having hot water or not having hot water over the weekend. Like so we, were, just, we were there on a Friday afternoon. So something came up and you just did it. Something came up. The repairs needed to escalate. It took the what was going to be a $1,000 repair bill to a $1,300 repair bill. My, my guys know that they can do this without even asking me. He did, the, he did what was in the best interest of the customer and ultimately the company, and he advanced to the $1,300 repair level without asking the customer because the customer was unavailable. Did he ask you? No. He, 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 he knows he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. Um, you gave him that, that authority. They have that authority to do what's in the best interest of the company and the customer. So in a sense, he did ask you. That's, that's, your, that's your little, I shouldn't say little, that's your business motto. Yeah. If you're doing what's in the best interest of the customer... <laughs> Right. Do it, dude. And right. and so he made the thirteen hundred dollar repair. He got all done. He he emailed the customer an invoice. Granted, he never had a chance to communicate that the repairs needed to move up a little bit. So the customer gets this emailed invoice and it's three hundred dollars more than he agreed upon. Well, he sends us an email and and says, Hey, what's going on? I'm not happy. This repair is three hundred dollars more and all this. We let him know that hey, we encountered a problem. And we were faced with a decision of either get your hot water back on for the weekend or like walk away from it because we, we didn't want to use policy to prevent the customer from being satisfied. Yeah. Right. So we, we just went ahead and advanced it. And, and once he heard all of that, he became okay with it. But that was, that, that could have gone South. Right. If, if he would have called in and said, Hey, what's up with this $300 repair bill and we didn't handle it correctly, it, it could have gone the other way. But, that was a mistake that it, it's not even really a mistake. Like my guy was between a rock that, and a hard place. I would call that an accident. Right. But not a, not a, I don't know if traditional you call accident. An accident. It's you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and yeah. you have to make a decision. Right. And, and truly that's where a lot of mistakes kind of come from. But my guy knows that if like worse comes to worse, let's say the customer says, no, I only approved a thousand. I'm not going to do it a thousand. I would have eaten a 300 bucks. Yeah. Because and it my guy a, did the right thing. It he wouldn't got have been them, a big deal. Right, he got bucks, them back yeah. into hot water in their five or six bathroom house for the weekend. And on listen, the lake. If, if if Mitch, if that guy would have called and been a, a huge dick about it, right? And Mitch ate the three hundred dollars and and made the guy happy and said, "Hey, look, man, I'll eat it." Yeah, it's a messed up situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I and if you're honest with him and say, "Hey, I don't totally agree with it, but I will do it because mm-hmm. we were in a weird situation." Guess what? That guy's probably a customer for life. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Even even if deep down he knows, hey, I got that guy for 300 right, right, bucks. Right. Well, yeah. guess what? He got that guy for 300 bucks, and next time he's still going to call. He's him. still going to call. So, um, you so, know. And he's still going to, like, pass pass the Smetley name on as well. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Hey, man, they did this. They got my hot water on, and because I didn't approve it, yep. they gave me the 300 bucks. Yep. And he so, tells two people that. So that's how Two that's how calls. you get and keep employees is is you create a culture that they love, right? It's yeah. the opposite of the culture that they hated where they came from, but also you empower them to do the right thing because ultimately that's what people want to do. Exactly. When when people are doing the wrong thing at other companies, they're doing it because they're kind of in a situation where they have to in order to succeed. Oh, of course. Because it's all profit driven, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So not all companies, but you're right. Not all, but the a bad, lot. The bad ones where there's a lot of problems. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and they're so, like, hey, sell, 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 right. sell, you, and then it makes you make dis- it makes you make choices that you normally wouldn't make yeah. if you were on your own, right? Right? 
Right. right. And if, if those guys are on some kind of uh, performance-based pay or whatever and they're performing lower than average that week and they're looking at it like a low paycheck and their family's not going to eat if they don't perform, well, guess what? You've put that guy in a position where now he has to be unethical to the customer yeah. in order to look out for his own paycheck. And that's not a good position to put your guy in. So fix all those things and then let them make mistakes. So in, in, I'll take it even one more level. And, and you don't necessarily mean, I mean, you do mean let them make mistakes, but don't come down on them like a ton of bricks right. if they do make an honest mistake. Right. right. And take it even one level and it'll, further. It'll keep those guys there. Take it even one level further. If one guy makes a mistake and and he learned from it, guess what? The whole team can learn from it. Yep. Yeah. So talk that's about true. it to the that's whole true. team. Yeah, that's and true. the guy might get embarrassed, maybe, I don't know. But as soon as he's all of a sudden seeing that we do this every time somebody makes a mistake. Right. Yeah. That's well, now, the culture. We're, that's we're back to culture. culture. Exactly. We're that's back the, to yeah. culture. Right. Right. Yeah. So let the entire team benefit from one guy making a mistake. Yeah. So I like it. That's how I do it. And it's worked really well. <laughs> when I've been able to, and this goes back to my entire management career, when I have been able to manage under that philosophy. Guys stick around. I have never had a guy quit me. Never once. Well, because of work-related stuff right yeah right i've i've I mean, so guys move guys you know. yeah guys yeah. Like, i had one guy leave because he was that going to be with his dad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so, i like to get him a little bit you know what yeah. I can. but <laughs> you know. i have been at places where i was not allowed to manage under that philosophy and it was the highest turnover place ever which put me in a very weird cultural position because now i'm yeah. stuck in a place with crazy high turnover and i'm not used to that and it's because i can't manage and that's to those rules and that's like when we started out you know how it was. Yeah. It was one in, one out. One yep. in, one out. And yep. it was literally every two weeks. Yeah. Until, every two to three weeks, it was two or three guys out. I can't until remember. Until they found a bunch of guys, well, enough guys that were good no that sure. wanted to stick around. Well, and I can't remember how long you worked there before I started working there. Almost it, two. Oh, before you started working there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three months. Yeah, it wasn't four long. Four months. But what was funny. He was like, hey, do you the moment, know anybody? I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, you need to hire my friend. Yeah, the, like, moment, the can, moment Dave and I were both there together. I bet they only went through two, maybe three people after that. Yeah, and for then, a little while. And then they, they got, got to their bigger. team of like nine or ten, and it was just and then solid. They, yeah, solid from then on. Oh, so yeah, yeah. When Dude, you that's get, how it was. That's when what we were going up. They just it was a door, and no one gave a shit. If you came in and you didn't do exactly what they wanted and perform at a high level, yep. you were down the road, and the next guy was in. Yep. I mean, it was literally is 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 pretty wild. It was crazy. Culture is like a flywheel. And a flywheel sitting there, not moving, it takes an enormous amount of effort to get it going, right? Wow. You have to push on it really, really hard. It takes a lot of First off, did you read rolling. that somewhere? Is that just from the heart? No, no, no. This is culture. This is how I envision culture. That's right? legit. So I like that. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, you push on this flywheel. Like your first push is the hardest push ever, right? Yeah. And it'll move. And if you don't push it again, it's going to slow down and stop. Yeah, it's going to roll over and stop. Your next push, because it's already moving a little bit, your next push gets a little bit easier. And your next push gets a little bit easier. And eventually, let's say you hire three or four people. Now that flywheel has some momentum. momentum yeah. And it becomes a lot more stable. Yeah. And it becomes mm -hmm. a lot more consistent right and now the flywheel starts working for you yeah. right um and so big engines have flywheels flywheels oh, yeah. help the engine right so your team of great culture is this flywheel that actually starts working for you and on a long enough timeline now your culture driven team goes out to the public and says i got a guy that would be great here Right. So yeah. when you have a spot available, and that's let what me we know. Yeah. That's what I was talking yeah. about He's in the beginning. Over. Hey, yep. you know, you've got this this group of guys. Well, then if if it is great, that next group of guys says the same thing. Yep. That next group of guys. And then I've already, it's easy to find guys. I've right. already got our next two hires lined up. Perfect. And Am I one of them? I didn't. No. He, he better be. <laughs> we want good culture. No, no thanks. No uh, thanks. I didn't. These these are guys that reached out to me and they said, "When you're ready, I want to come on." Nice. Dave will stop the uh, the flywheel, right? I'll no. I will, he'll put a little. He'll I put will stone cold <laughs> rock that bitch shit. <laughs> yeah. So all right, man. Next one. Hey, we have time for one. We more got time for one, one more. One more. What do we got? Focusing on profit versus focusing on service. Man, these are all tying together. 
I was gonna say, is that I could I could pick a different one if you want. No, no, no. They, I mean, it's crazy how they all tie together. Read yeah. it one more time. Focusing on profit versus focusing on service. Do I want to answer that from a morality standpoint, standpoint, or a business standpoint? Both. First off, all business and all everything you do is from a philosophy standpoint, right? Is from a morality standpoint. Okay, we have talked about this a hundred times in the first episodes, right? So, if you focus on profit, you're making the wrong decision. Hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're focusing on being a better spouse, being a better father, having more time for your family, being a pillar in your community, paying people the right wage, the profit comes. That's just what happens. Hmm. Okay, it, when you start with a solid base and that should be your base. Yep. The profit just comes after that. Yep. If you if you come at it from a sense of profit only and you think of everything in, and I'm saying this is an extreme, hey, I'm going to pay this guy $2 an hour less so I can make some more money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the cheap material so I can make two more dollars. I'm going to buy the cheap van with no stickering so I can make three more dollars. Right. That is not going to flourish and become something great. Right. All you're doing, you're, I don't want to say you're a piece of shit, but that is not the way to look at building your business. Right. It's just not going to happen. You have to think of it as a, man, I can't believe I'm going to say this hippie. Holistic. I can see it coming. A holistic approach. He's a a hippie. He just doesn't want to admit it. That's what it is. Balanced (laughs) approach. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're, you're it right. It has here. to be balanced. So, it has to come from a sense of I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this. Man, this sounds so dumb. I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. I'm doing this for the for the betterment of everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to build a business. I'm going to take care of my employees. I'm going to take take care of my family. I'm going to take care of my community. And if you do all those things, your business is going to take off. Yeah. There is, there's no doubt in my, if, if I didn't think those things were true, this podcast would be bullshit. Right. Right. Okay. But I believe that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can't say it any, any more simply than that. Yeah. That's just what I believe. So big corporations. Not to jump in and just take the (laughs) answer to the question, but I mean. Big corporations look at businesses through balance sheets. They look at them through profit and loss statements. They look at them through all these reports that these higher up executives see that they're trying to manage a service driven business through spreadsheets. That ain't through how balance it works. sheets. I know. That ain't I've how it sat works. I've sat in those big corporate meetings. Yeah. And you get this, you know, regional exec flies in and oh we gotta <laughs> Clean the shop. The regional execs coming in. Like, yeah. let's make it. You know, yeah, it shouldn't set be a that booby way. Trap. That's what it should be. Right, right, right. So then the the regional exec comes in and he's looking at all the reports and he he didn't. In this particular instance, he doesn't even look at our team. He doesn't care about the team. He doesn't care about the trucks. He doesn't care about anything. He's, he's sitting there looking at reports and he's going, Yeah. What can we do to get that up a half a point? What can we do to get that cost down two points? Yeah. What can we do to turn this revenue? And he's up? talking percentage when he he's, says points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're literally looking at running a company through sheets. Yeah. And that doesn't work. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It works. It it can if you came from it's the not ground the best. up. That's right. The, that's the problem with a lot. Man, I can't even say this either. That's the problem with a lot of America right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The you know so like Great analogy. I will be able to run our business through that sheet later on because I know when I talk about like what can I do to get this down a little bit, it's not running the business through sheets it's how can i change our service protocol right to enhance these numbers well, right you, because you're not looking the, at the number like a number so the guy s- says how do i raise this two percent he doesn't even know how you would do that right. he's asking someone else how do we do this right you would be in the position or i would be in the posi- position to say okay this number's down I know who to talk to about that. Right. I know what I can personally do to make that better. Yeah. You know what when, I mean? That's a huge, di- that, when I mean, you, that's black and white. When you use profit as a motivator to manage your business, you start doing things, just like you were saying earlier, you start doing things that are 
the antithesis of customer service. Oh, I like that word. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big word They're, for you. The, it's the opposite <laughs> of taking care of the customer. Okay. Yeah, it is. So you, in other words, like what can we do to lower these costs? Well, we're just going to buy cheaper material. What can we do to raise our profit? Well, we're just going to raise our prices without doing anything to reflect that. You know, they start doing these arbitrary things to move numbers around and the customer suffers. Okay. Um, those same customer or those same companies typically have a pretty impressive marketing budget too. And so, um, it's amazing when small companies get big, they almost lose their grasp of reality. They do. Of what of, they lose the grasp of what did it take for me to get here? Right. Right. Forget, and all of a sudden they, they, everything. Yeah. they change their mindset yeah. from yeah. I want to be part of the community and I want to do these things. And they may have even been thinking, you know, in the line of, I want to just make money, but it took serious community effort to get them there. And then once they got there, they're all of a sudden they're just like negating from, yeah, yeah, they just, they just go off the freaking deep end or they hire a bunch of people that don't have that, that sense of, I don't want to say small time, but that small time sense of I know everything that it took to get here. Yeah. Right. And they let it overtake their company. Yeah. That's the biggest problem when companies sell out to big corporate companies too. It's, it's I think same we're thing. thinking of the same guy. But <laughs> what um the way I look at it, Drop and here's how you stay service driven rather than profit driven. DOD but not DOD. <laughs> <laughs> the way you stay service driven instead of profit. So if you're service-driven and if you're service-driven correctly, the profit shows up. Yeah. Okay? Like I this, said. This is back to money being like a dog, right? Yeah. <laughs> if yes. you chase a dog, it runs away. <laughs> We've talked about this. So if you chase profit, it's hard to find. Yeah. But if you focus on being kind and gentle and, and serving the customer. Yeah. Good stuff. Right? You, you focus on serving the customer and miraculously profit shows up, right? Yeah. So the way to do that. And, and, and that's, I hate to always say this. That's community involvement work. Well, it can be anything. I think I bring up community involvement work in every episode, but but the thing is the heart of community involvement work and the heart of doing your business that way are the same thing. Right, right, right. Mm. The the way to look at this is look at it like you're earning customers. Yeah. Okay? Big corporate companies buy customers with their advertising and with their marketing. So I, I always kind of chuckled at companies with these big impressive marketing budgets and they're usually the highest priced companies in town. And the customers are literally paying that customer, that company to advertise to them. Of course they are. I mean, like, th- it's almost like they should get a discount if they got a word of mouth referral to that company instead of, like, responded to the TV ad. Because y- you think about it, the company's spending, you know, um, $2 million or $3 million a year on marketing. Well, how much more do they have to charge their customers just because they're now spending $3 million a year on marketing, yeah, right? It's, so it's capitalism at its best it's, and its worst at the same exact time. It's crazy. So my philosophy on it is don't buy customers. Earn them. And the only way you can earn a customer without buying them is impress them so much with your level of service and the quality of work that you do that that customer is now going to tell two of their friends. Two other family members, doesn't matter. They're going to tell two people about their experience with you. Now, those two people didn't reply to an ad. They didn't reply to a, a thing on TV. They're genuine They leads. didn't reply to something right. that they got in the mail that seems right. too good to be true, <laughs> yeah. right? So they're, they're calling you, and they have a whole lot more trust in you before they even call. Yep. And then when they call and you show up, they already trust your advisement because their brother or their sister or their friend said, I had a wonderful experience with them. You're going to love them, right. right? That's how you earn customers. And what happens is we are doing the same volume of, this is how we do it, and we're doing the same volume of work as other companies that are spending all of this crazy money on marketing, and we're not having to spend the money on marketing. And so technically, we could be making more money than those other companies, Okay. But one little added thing that I do, and this helps push culture and it helps drive this earning customer initiative all the way through the organization, is I take what would be my marketing budget and every month, and Marcus has seen this, I take what would be our marketing budget every month and then I subtract out our actual marketing expenses, which are very, very low, 
And then I take what's left over and I divide it amongst every member of the company and I give it to them. I budgeted this much money for marketing. I didn't have to spend it because you guys did such an awesome job marketing for us by earning customers. So have it. It's a bonus. Thank you. It is. It sounds. It sounds super I cliche. Can testify that. I, yeah. It sounds super cliche, but you are marketing. You exactly. You're, you're, you're marketing and exactly. you're branding instead yeah, of marketing, exactly. right? And that and that answers the second question also. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. How do you keep your employees? Yep. Right. If you pay them well, you, if you give them a bonus for marketing, and then they get a check, they continue to market. Right. Like, hello. Right. So, so it's, that it's is economics 101. Right. They continue to, and, and also they realize how. When, do, when am I going to get some checks? <laughs> <laughs> they, so the, guy, the guys realize You're how much easier, dude, the, the, the guys realize how much easier a customer is to work with that came to us through a word of mouth referral. Of course it is. And so they like that and they want that to be repeated. And so yeah. they, along enough timeline, they learn the behaviors that days that and everything else. So that's how I deliver my level of passion all the way down through our organization is Ultimately, it's good for the business if we keep that up, right? So I made it good for them. Yeah. And instead, uh, greedy owners would pocket that marketing. Oh, we didn't have to spend that on marketing. Whoop, going yep. into my pocket. Yep. And, no, and, you know, I, the, I give it right back to them. Those guys aren't rolling it over. I know for a fact that guys that have that, they do not roll that over. Right. No, gosh, no. That Guess where that's going? Right in their pocket. Half every, the yeah. time, it's a personal bonus. Yeah. They pay the taxes on the 30% or whatever yeah. tax bracket they're in, and they put that write their right. wife a check and she goes and buys a Mercedes and so I don't know what she's doing out there but yeah you're right so that's how like so it's easy to say focus on service and not on profit right but when you're staring at the books and you're trying to make more money or you need to make more money or whatever it's kind of hard not to focus on profit right well these are ways that you can literally focus on service and then when the profit comes you reward the great service with money and then they do it again, and they do it again, yeah. and they do it again. You're paying for that marketing, yeah, and it's paying for itself. And, and it's, everybody it's knows probably better. To be honest, it's probably better. Um, you know, when they, they say, "What's the what is it when they uh, when you spend you get per calls per dollar spent in advertising?" It's probably higher. Yeah, when you're dollars giving per it, lead and yeah, stuff like that. It, it's probably higher when you're giving it to those guys that are bringing work in than if you were to spend it on a, a stupid radio station. You know what I mean? No, no, it's the same. I mean, our phones stay ringing all the time, and I've got that budgeted amount. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm saying I, if you spend it on a uh, for an actual commercial, I think your actual oh, be, sales generated yeah, I'd be, are less oh, doing yeah. that than than genuinely yeah, your guys. So your yeah. lead, your leads generated are yeah. less, and the customer's trust factor when they're initially calling yeah, you is a I'm fraction saying. of what that's it what, is. Yeah, so, that's right. what I'm saying. You misunderstood yeah. what I was saying. No, and and so we agreed on that creating and that's why i say you have to start all the way back at the beginning because you got to create a process that focuses on service that creates the profit and then you don't you don't profit it like you give it right back to the guy so yeah. but it, it it's that massive flywheel that takes a little bit of motion to get going but once you put all that effort into it to get it going it it's it's just like a steam locomotive and it's hard to slow it down at that point so um, that's how I focus on service rather than profit and result in like it, it results in profit. So I like it. That's what I do. I like it. So got through three questions. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. We, was, we should, uh, we should do that. Pretty, that was, I, that I was like actually that. pretty interesting. We should do that more often. So I like how they interweave within each other as well. well and so a lot of times they will really close. They're, they're all going to kind of intertwine a little bit. So, um, very interesting guys. That's our show for today. As always, remember, if you like what you're hearing on the show, if you're getting value from the show, if, if you wrote some things down or if you're going to change the way you do something because of what you just heard on this show, do us a favor and help share this show with somebody. You can either tag this show on social media. Um, on Facebook, we are at Podcast The Void. So if, if you see somebody um, commenting or questioning, you know, hey, where do I get advice for this or I'm thinking about doing that, Simply tag at podcast the void and and we'll pop up there um, and and you can you know say hey follow these guys or whatever. Also share like literally share the episode that you saw with somebody. Yeah, um, if you're subscribed to YouTube and or subscribe to YouTube if you're not. Right, right. You we're know, we're then, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's, it's super easy to click that link and then yeah, you just click that, the share button and send on, it to somebody. On Facebook, it's like boop boop done. done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, so easy. Um, also, guys, do us a favor. And, and again, if you are getting good value from this, whatever platform you're listening on, to this on, if you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So that helps us come up higher in the search rankings. So when people are looking for shows or suggested shows to them, mm, yeah. those five-star reviews help us dramatically. And it gets and, out to more people because it's it's further right. up the list. And, and so, remember, we're and not... we don't make any money on Yeah, we're not show, making any so. money on this. This is like, we're just literally trying to get this just, message in yeah. front of as many people as I possible. I mean, if you, wanna, blessing, if, you wanna, if you want to send me cash, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, I'll take your money if you want. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, guys, that's all we have for you this show. Uh, tune in next time and we'll have some more great stuff for you. So until you then, guys. we'll see you later. Get out. Peace. Peace.